Hello, everyone. Welcome to Two Sides HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Davis. Uh, excuse my voice. I have a little bit of a cold, um, but I did the interview before I had a cold, so I'll sound different during the interview. What happens to employees' unused pay time off? Its value for the employee is lost, along with the benefits of them taking that time to unwind and relax. Today's guest has a unique and compelling approach to unlocking the potential of PTO. It is my pleasure to have with me today Rob Whalen, co founder and CEO of PTO Exchange the first benefits platform that allows employees to self-direct the value of their unused pay time off for other needs and causes. He is a serial entrepreneur that has over 25 years selling and developing software. Thank you so much, Rob Whalen. I really appreciate you taking the time. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing good today. Excellent. So we're here to talk about benefits, more specifically PTO benefits. Um, uh, So I, I want to talk sort of about benefits in general before we dive into what you've discovered um, and some of the solutions that you've come up with. Yeah. So to begin with, uh, what would you say the issue with how PTO benefits are right now as you see it? I see that uh, the problem with PTO benefits today are twofold. One, that they um, that there are no laws that um, make a company accrue the PTO and then the other uh, it kind of goes and goes in line with that is that there is no way for a company to accrue uh, the liability off their books so it doesn't uh, have a, a negative effect on their balance sheet and I think that benefits should be uh, individualized and owned individually. I don't think the company should have to, I think they should expense them, um, but I think that they should uh, be owned by the employee. And on a scale of zero to 10, how radical would you say that viewpoint is? It's not radical. And And if you know how, uh, accounting works. It's actually happening today. The problem that we see is that corporations expense it through their net income statement and it lands on their balance sheet as a liability. And that liability grows over time. And so the reason you see companies put limits on your paid time off, and let's say you can only accrue up to 120 hours is because they don't want that liability increasing over time on their on their balance sheet. Um, and that's really what we see today. I think if there was an avenue to where the company could expense it off to similar to like what a 401k is and it's individually owned and could be taken with them from company to company, I think that would be a way to provide a a benefit for paid time off that would it, w- it would support both parental paid leave, sick leave. You wouldn't need all these different types of leave. And you could have one leave called paid time off that you accrued and saved for those moments, those transitions, things like that. You know, I never really thought about it as a liability issue, but that's probably also because I'm not the one ever balancing the books. Um, 
you know, it always seemed like there was a seniority attached to it. You know, you get this many weeks when you begin and you get this many weeks as you go on. And I know, so it's a really interesting perspective. I also know that a lot of organizations, including one that I recently worked at, uh, have gone to unlimited PTO, um, which I'd love to talk to you about, but it sounds like that might be an attempt to solve this problem. Is that what's going on there? So unlimited PTO came about after California passed a law in 76 around the vesting, they call it vesting, of your accrued PTO. And that law states that if that accrued PTO or, yeah, it'd be PTO, uh, is vested, then it's considered earned wages. Mm. And so it needs to be paid out at separation. Now, so in California, you cannot have a use it or lose it scenario for a paid time off policy. What the unintended consequences of that was that the law stated that it needed to be vested or accrued. And so companies said, well, if I don't accrue it, then I don't have to pay it out. And so pretty much that's how Unlimited came about. And then obviously Netflix claimed it as a, you know, we're going to treat people like adults and allow them just to do the work and give them as much time off. The reality is companies are making millions and millions of dollars off of this so-called plan. And people who don't understand paid time off and what companies are doing, uh, they're, they're being sold a vapor benefit, a benefit that has no value. Whereas before, when the PTO is accrued, there is a, a benefit there. It's a liability that the company actually puts on their books. And, and you know, that's really the value uh, as an employee. I'll give you uh, one example. Um, I'll just say that, let's say I negotiated a hundred thousand dollars salary for a job and I had four weeks of PTO and whether I'm salary or hourly, right? At the end of the year, what I negotiated was that I was going to give you 11 months worth of my productivity for a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Everyone has an hourly pay rate, Jim. So what happens with that $100,000 is the payroll system divides it by 2,080 hours, which is 40 times 52. Okay. And you can see it. It's on on your paycheck, right? If, uh, and that's your hourly pay rate. What we look at here at PTO is we look at your productivity pay rate. And your productivity pay rate is your $100,000 divided by 1920, which is 40 hours times 48 weeks, right? Which is what you negotiated. Now, if I give you 49 weeks of productivity, guess what happens to that productivity pay rate? It goes down. So if you're a worker, whether you're salary or hourly, and you don't understand this, then you sit there and go, hey, I have four weeks, but I only used three and the other week doesn't get rolled over. It's you're losing money and companies know this. I've been in conversations where 
companies are making, well, one company, uh, cell phone company, was making $18 million off the backs of their employees. And, and Jim, that's not the salary people. That's the rank and file. That's the call centers. And it's because they don't have to pay it out and or they don't accrue it. Um, the whole unlimited PTO is being sold as this benefit of, hey, you're, you know, you, you know how to do your job. But the reality is, is companies are making millions off of it. And those millions, they go to the shareholders. Nuh-uh. <laughs> um, nothing about that is surprising, of course. And I've given a lot of thought to the unlimited PTO. I went through it myself. My former organization uh, was sold to a private equity firm during my tenure. Um, and, you know, that's what they did. And it happened actually right as I was having my first kid. And so I used it heavily. And at that point, it seemed like a boon. Cause I was like, all right, well, I'm out for two months. See you guys in two months. And the thing that was nice was that I had a supervisor that was cool with that. But as I came to learn and think about it more and more, I realized that, well, what about those people that don't have cool supervisors? What about those organizations that don't leave it up to, you know, that, that make it up to whoever the managers are. And we all know problems with managers. Like every organization has at least some, bad managers that are going to think less of you if you try and take time off. And then in addition to that, people motivate themselves, what I've come to understand, beyond the confines of what their managers and supervisors are saying. You know, like we learned this a lot when people came home, right? Um, when a lot of people went remote, everyone was afraid about their productivity. Their productivity went up because people hold themselves to count as good, hardworking individuals and saying, well, you know, I really got to prove myself. Uh, I'm going to put in the extra time. And that happens with unlimited PTO. People just don't take it, you know, they, and it's, it's not, you don't feel like you earned it the way that it was in other systems where at least you're saying, okay, I worked 40 hours. I get this many hours of PTO. It's mine. When it's unlimited, you're saying, I have to ask for it. Uh, not because I earned it. Cause I think I might get it. Right. Agreed. You aren't earning anything on unlimited PTO so that when you separate from the company or when they let you go and have a riff, they don't have to pay you out. And for a lot of people who do not have $400 in their bank account to make that transition from one job to the next, having two weeks of PTO that's accrued, that's paid out, that gives me two weeks to find another job to bridge myself through this gap. And I think that companies don't see that. I also see the interesting thing on paid parental leave. And, and, I, and I, I'm a big believer in paid parental leave. But I've seen this, you know, I don't know if you've watched the LinkedIn and pound share your leave policy. And mm -hmm. oh, yes, yes. And, and it's great. But what I find interesting in that is that if you look at some of the, the sh show your leave policies, you'll see this 20 weeks of paid parental leave, eight weeks of bereavement, unlimited PTO. And I have to ask myself, why, if you have unlimited PTO, do you need 20 weeks of parental paid leave or eight weeks of bereavement? You have unlimited PTO. 
you take the time that you need to be with your children after you have them or after they after you adopt them and i just think why are we separating these with languages with words it's very interesting to me it tells me there's a big problem and it needs to be solved so if organizations are avoiding uh, accrued pto so they don't have to pay employees when they leave and they don't have to they don't have to accrue the the uh, the earnings that they owe what is the uh, the incentive for them to change things then? That's why I think it needs to be, PTO needs to be changed. It needs to look like a 401k. And that's what you do professionally, right? Today, we do not do that. We uh, allow people to exchange the value of their accrued PTO for good services and experiences. Hmm. And why we do that is because there's this value there that employers can this really helps attract and retain uh, during this environment. But employers can allow their employees to use that value uh, for those things, those individualized needs that they have. Um, and I'll give you an example. I'm a student that comes out of college and I need to pay my student loan down. For me, maybe taking a week and utilizing it to pay my student loan down relieves more stress for me than going on a week of vacation, mm. right? Maybe I'm a, uh, you know, my kid is going to college, right? And maybe using that week to help pay for that college, right? Or put it into a 529 uh, helps me relieve stress on my future or my 401k, right? So utilizing the value that you've earned in a different way helps employees individually through these different uh, transitions in life. And I think that employers need to look at their employees as a life cycle, okay? And you need to meet them where they're at and where their stress is. Paid time off is really to disengage, to reduce stress too. But stress is different for everyone, Jim. It really is. It's for someone who can't make ends meet and has an emergency but doesn't have savings, instead of going to a payday loan, maybe they could access, you know, three or four days of paid time off for that emergency. It's a really interesting idea. Um, I'll admit that when I got the uh, the opportunity to talk with you, I had to reread it a few times before I truly understood, um, because it's very unique what you're talking about. But when you talk, think about it, I mean, it makes perfect sense when you think about how much stress costs organizations, you know, from turnover to lack of productivity to people burning out uh, that and which is often, you know, the high performers that are burning out. It's not it's not the lazy guys. Um, it just the health issues that show up, the mental health issues. I mean, across the board, right? It's like affects almost every aspect of your life. I mean, if you're stressed, you're stressed. Anything to reduce that does sound indeed like a good idea. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you came upon this idea and so, uh, if you've done research or what you've looked at as to the effects of what you're talking about and offering? Yeah. Well, I came up with the idea at my dinner table with a bunch of other entrepreneurs a long time ago and realized that there was an opportunity for a, a large business. When I started 
to delve into the real problem, I started to see, I mean, I started to see that there was this inequality that was happening by companies taking the, we call it accrued productivity, right? It's a, it's productivity that you gave to a company and you, and you, you earn, you should earn something for it. Um, but it was our first customer that we actually, they were very interested. We had talked to them about the idea. They wanted to do it. And then we realized uh, the CFO came down and said, we're not going to do that because the employees would use all their PTO and we make $18 million off of unused PTO and I budget for that. And that was the awakening of, okay, there's a problem here and companies are benefiting. Your rank and file are not getting what they earned. And I started to do some research around just productivity increases in the United States versus hourly rate increases. <clears throat> and if you look at this, productivity increases have just like blown, blown up and the average hourly rate has actually gone down with inflation. And I think, you know, not all of it is attributed to this, this that I'm trying to fix, right? But a portion of it is, right? When you are giving your productivity away for free, then you're, you know, you're reducing your hourly wage or your, or your pay rate. And I think that's really the mission of the company today is really to help both employers and employees. It's not a one-sided, uh, you know, solution. Employers need a way to expense this and put it somewhere for the employees, and it should not hurt the balance sheet of the employer. They should be able to, you know, not have to hold this increasing liability over time. We have worked with many large organizations and their actuarials. And by allowing employees to utilize the accrued PTO earlier, instead of letting it increase over time with their salary, it actually can save the company a substantial amount of money. And so you would see that it's kind of the, the time value of money mathematics, right? If I have this liability and you accrued it when you made $50,000 and then you roll it over, maybe you don't roll it all over, but two weeks of it. And now next year you're making $70,000. There's a journal entry that happens that increases that liability on the books. And so now I'm paying you for an accrual that was accrued at a lower rate, but I have to increase that accrual because your pay rate went up. So allowing employers to be able to provide a benefit to their employees that need it and allow it to use it earlier when it was accrued is a much better solution from an accounting and a saving standpoint for the enterprise. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I guess the, the next question is, I think I know how to convince HR people that this is good. I've talked to a lot of HR people that are saying we want our, and then I have a lot of ideas around, we want our employees to use all of their time off. I even know one organization that pays their people if they can prove that they went on vacation. 
So they'll pay for your vacation and pay for your time off because that's how important it is to them and their research that they know the value they're getting back when people use their time off. Now, I know it's exactly the same because in that case, it's for people to just use their time off, not to transfer it into other kinds of benefits. But I think that it would be somewhat easy to explain this to an HR person for them to see the value. Um, I'm not that great of a financial guy. Uh, when we're talking about liabilities, I think I understand what you mean. Uh, how do you explain it? How do you get the HR people to convince their CFO or maybe sort of skip that person and their CEO on board um, with this idea? Yeah. What we do is we work with the HR to understand their current policy that they have in place. We also try and understand what their culture is. And, and that's really important because companies want to support their employees. They, they really do have this familial type uh, need to create this culture and, and take care of employees. Not every plan that we have on our platform uh, aligns with companies. And what I mean by that, Jim, is that some companies don't just want you to cash out your PTO. Similar to the company that you were just talking about, they want you to take vacation. We're gonna pay you to take vacation. And so, you know, just cashing out your PTO may not be something that they wanna do. Some do wanna be able to cash it out. Some want you to be able to use it for financial well-being. So maybe they'll just turn on the fin financial well-being plans, right? And allow their employees to put into their 401k, their HSA, pay down student loans, use it for tuition for, for future education. And, and that may be more in line with the company's culture of what they want to support their employees. Um, so, you know, being able to work with the HR and show them these different plans and how it can support their employees and culture. And then we understand what their PTO policy is and how it's being utilized today and how much is not being used. And we can show them over time how this can be a cost-effective benefit utilizing an already budgeted benefit that's expensed through the net income statement. I think that I've identified, and I know you've already, you've already addressed this, but not directly. Some people might say, okay, um, if everyone has the option to turn their PTO into funds for other, other kinds of benefits, you know, aren't we losing out on the rest and relaxation that they're supposed to be getting if they convert all of their PTO into, into financial? Yep. It's a great question and one that's asked every time we talk to a customer. <laughs> <laughs> and first of all, doing what we do, there is a lot of regulation around it. And so we have spent years understanding and surrounding ourselves with incredible attorneys uh, so that we know all of the companies we that, that use our platform are compliant, number one. Number two, we also by by building a platform that has to meet everyone's policy, we've built a very configurable, customizable platform for every customer that we have. I'll give you an example. 
we don't have one customer that says, Jim, you can spend all your PTO, mm. right? Not one. We advise against it. We advise that you say, Jim, you accrue 120 hours. You can, you can spend 20 hours a year on the platform or 40 hours. But that 80 hours, that's two weeks, you need to take that off. You cannot go below 80 hours. Okay. And you can't use the platform until you accrue up to 80 hours, right? Yep, we also have a, 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 a policy inside the platform that says, Jim, you have to take two weeks before you can spend anything, right? So we have to, and, and so, and it could be that, hey, maybe you want to use this one week to buy airfare and hotel and take your family uh, to Disneyland and or afford a vacation that you may not have been able to afford to really have a life experience, a, a restful experience that you may not have been able to afford. And that's what we do. We try and support the employee where they're at, uh, trying to accomplish things within their own individualized family and uh, and allow them to do that through this budgeted benefit of PTO that you know, some of it goes unused. A week of everyone's PTO uh, goes unused. And it's it's quite a bit. There's $65 billion that uh, pretty much goes back to the shareholders that goes unused or gets wiped off the books of employees accrued productivity. Uh, that's too much. <laughs> Way too much. Um <laughs> I mean, I always kick myself at the end of the year if I haven't, you know, if I haven't taken it all. I'm very much so like, uh, I got it, I'm going to use it. And if people are going to complain about it, then, you know, so be it. Um, but even with that attitude, it happens to me too. You know, there are times where, especially when we switched to the unlimited plan, I was giving myself the same amount of time that I would have gotten before, which almost everybody did that got grant, you know, that went through the transition so that you had a ballpark of what you earned. Right. And I still never took as much as I wanted to, even knowing damn well that that was what the plan was to make it. So I didn't take as much time off. Um, and that it was bad for me. Right. You know, it still happens. You feel the pressures of, of, I got to get this stuff done. You know, um, you do. Uh, so having it codified like that makes a really big difference. It just gives people that this is what the rules are, you know, this is. Yeah. I think it's, it's like anything. I'm, I mean, there are companies that say, Oh, we're going to do unlimited because you're an adult. Right. But the reality is, is that's not the reality. Um, there's no such thing as unlimited time. You do not have unlimited time. You have a set amount of time on this earth and that's it. And that time is really what you give, what you sell for your compensation uh, and what you share with your family. And if you don't protect it, it's going to get taken from you. And, and that's how it works. It's a very simple process. But people really don't understand how unlimited really is taking from them. I'll tell you a story. We, we had a customer 
And on the platform, you have the ability to share your PTO with another coworker. And we had two different customers. One had unlimited for their executive and had accrued PTO for their rank and file. Okay. And then one had, everyone had the same PTO policy it was accrued. Even the CEO had accrued and the whole company was on the same policy. They didn't differentiate the haves and the have nots. And the, the story I'm going to tell you is a, is a Florida customer of ours that during the hurricane, they, uh, a lot of people, um, lost their housing. And during this time, the CEO decided to give four weeks of his PTO into the sharing pool to be distributed to the rank and file. And he had no clue. He was just doing a nice thing at the time. He had no clue what a cultural effect this would have within his organization. And he did it, you know, <laughs> anonymously. But word got out uh, because those four weeks at his pay rate were able to help a tremendous amount of people at the lower pay rate, right? And help them through these transitions, right? And be able to give them more time off that was paid. And it got out within the company that he had done this. And he called us up and he said, you know, I believe in your platform, but I had no complete understanding of what, what it would do to our culture, what, how much that these people now know that we're all in this together. We're all in the foxhole together. And the other company that has separated their PTO policy with the unlimited, the executive cannot do that because there is no accrual to be given to the rank and file. And so you create this cultural, uh, haves and have nots, uh, within your company, which that is where those rank and files are leaving and going somewhere else. I think it really is how these leaders of companies really show who they are by the policies that they put in place. I agree entirely. In fact, that's my entire platform is it's simplistic, but it's basically if you can manage to treat your employees like they're human beings and, and be decent with respect and consideration. And there's a lot of ways to do that. They just work harder and stay with you and you make more money. I mean, it's, and, it, and there's so many ways to not do that, that are just the everyday of, of work in this country. And it's like these revelations each time that someone says, Hey, did you know that thing that's like disadvantaging your employees? And they're all mad about if you get rid of that, they'll be happier. <laughs> and make you more money. It's, it's just stunning to me. It's just, I've heard so many different kinds of things that are like that over, over the years that I've been doing this and uh, saying to me that it wasn't obvious in, in the first place. Right. Right. I don't know if you saw the article that EY, uh, when they went to flexible PTO or, or unlimited. No. And you know, EY is an accounting firm, right? Yeah they uh they stated that they're moving this direction because everyone wants it mm. but what happened was it, it came out that they were actually saving 
because they weren't paying the PTO out. They were saving $36 million. Wow. Uh, that's a nice bonus for all those partners at EY. Yeah. For all those uh, auditors that uh, work 120 hours a week during, you know, and can't take the time off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there a, we're getting kind of low on time here, but before we go, is there any sort of final thing that you want or that we didn't get to that you wanted to share or talk about? No, I just think that what we're doing here at PTO Exchange is really an employee employer benefit and that uh, meeting in, in this time, especially in this time when companies are needing to retain employees, meeting them where they're at is critical to keeping them. And I understand costs. I understand that everyone has a budget and companies are needing to try and do this with little to no budget. There's already a benefit accruing. It's already there. Allowing them to exchange or support themselves with this already accrued benefit um, really would help companies to keep their employees as well as employees uh, know that their company is trying to do right by them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Rob, thanks so much for, for taking the time today. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, Jim, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Listeners, your support means a lot to me. I will be releasing the next episode in two weeks, and you can listen to it anywhere. Links to my various channels are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. This is Jim Davis with Two Sides HR Podcast.